Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. We're back. Um, there's, there is some hockey news, even though it's 85 degrees outside. And I have to say, I'm one of those weird people who does not like hot weather. Um, and of course we don't get much of it in the Buffalo area. So for that five or six weeks when it's sticky and 80 and 85 and it's very humid in Buffalo cause we're right on Lake Erie. You don't embrace it at all. It's miserable. I hate it. I, I would, I, I like, I liked the weather up until it, as long as it wasn't raining, if it was sunny and like 70, it was great. And that's, uh-huh. why, I, that's why I love the fall because the fall is a little breeze. It's sort of sweater weather. You can sleep better. And out in oh, the day. Yeah. Out in the day, it's like, yep, it never fails. But no, I just, I, I, you know, and like for here, everybody was, you know, there was a July 4th thing down the waterfront and I've been down there in years past and it's like, you've, you've, you get 20,000 people in a cramped space and it's like, I that that's like the worst place that I would ever you know the, I I've been down there before it's like horrible I'd rather be like further away so I could watch the fireworks and drive away and not be yeah scared. I get that like so you're not jammed in I I get that I've done that a few times I mean I've watched them in Manhattan on the bridge like I've seen some great fireworks Millennium fireworks millennial Millennium Millennium fireworks uh, in the winter though that was interesting on a skating rink. I was skating all night, and then we saw the fireworks that was in, under the Ben Franklin Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I've, I've seen some really good situations, but I get the escape hatch part. I do, yeah, and and on top of the hot weather, this could be a, among uh, that week that week in between or the two weeks in between Super Bowl, uh, the championship series, and Super Bowl when the uh, NHL and the NBA hold their All Star break. This could be one of the worst times of the year because there's nothing going on other, you know, other than the Major League All Star game. There's no no basketball, no no hockey, if unless you know the news we're going to talk about. Uh, the NFL hasn't started training camp, and now Major League Baseball is shut down for what three or four days, so we can watch, so we can watch a bunch of guys hit home runs. From you know, with their dad throwing them the ball. Like, yeah, but that, you know, I listen. There's still a talent to that. I still think it's sure. fun to watch the the long shots. I'm I'm pulling for Pete Alonzo. I still think it's him or Jock Peterson. I do think Alonzo can take the whole thing though. I do because he's just got legit power. Like he very rarely hits them cheap. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if I've seen more than one cheap Alonzo Homer this whole year. He's already set the Met rookie record. He's already gone beyond the Met record at a half season for Dave Kingman. Right. The sore part is about that is um, Kingman broke his thumb in the second half, and he was out for the rest of the year after that. He was on a pace, like a Babe Ruth kind of pace at the time. Right. Or at least people thought he was because of his power. So, you know, if, you know look, if Alonzo hits 50, 55 homers, I'm thrilled. I get that the homer totals this year are inflated. 
You got three guys with 30 at the break. Mm -hmm. I get it. But still, home run derby's fun. You know, I, I just – yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to them coming back and games being, me, you know, meaningful game, games being played. I, I don't even know. Do, do, does the uh, home home field advantage in the in the World Series still pertain to the to, to the victory in the All Star game, or did they do away with that? I think they did away with that. I'm okay. 99 sure. And I'll watch some of the All Star game because the Mets have three guys in it. Actually. Um, the first post I saw on this was a, a, a website called Met Police, so I'm going to give him credit. With Alonzo going, uh, he's a first first baseman since Keith Hernandez yeah. to go for the Mets. So that's that's interesting. And But they have three guys, and at, so at least like the All-Star game is all I got. And once it goes to regular season, there's no more meaningful game. Well, and, and I heard uh, your I heard your buddy Joe Beningo on WFAN radio this morning uh, saying that they the Mets should a fire Callaway and b trade Diaz the reliever who they took on Robinson Cano's thirty five billion dollar salary uh, to to get and because he the guy's blown six saves it's and and Beningo's crazy because Jared Kalenic was in that deal and he was batting fifth yesterday in the futures games. He's the 16th best rookie, according to like you know wh whether it's Sporting News or Baseball Prospectus or whoever it is, Baseball America. I'm not thrilled about that trade, but I can't trade the guy yet. Right. Well, I, I have to say, this. Arm, he just has to figure it out here. And I have to say this before we before we start talking about hockey. In, in watching some Yankees, uh, uh, Yankees Tampa Bay Rays games this weekend. I, I noticed one thing. Everybody on these teams has at least 10 home runs. Yeah. Uh, even even guys like, like Tommy Pham, who's not a power hitter, or you know, Diaz or Willie Willie Adamas. Like I, I, every guy that came up, like every guy that was All in the flattened laces, it's the pitchers can't get a grip on it. Uh, it's it it's absolutely terrible. It's like, you know, I, you know when you have legitimate power hitters hitting 40 50 home runs that's you know that's the norm yeah. Yeah. But when middle infielders are hitting 20 home runs you know Brett Gardner is a is a limited you know fourth outfielder and he's got 14 home runs yeah no it's it's a little crazy but i'll live with it if that's what the fans want that's fine um no, i don't know it you did bury the lead i mean our women's soccer team won back to back titles I don't care if you don't like about the anthem or whatever. I'm not sure if you do or don't. I don't know if you're one of those guys. Okay. I didn't I didn't okay. I watched it. It was exciting. I give them full credit. I'm glad that they won. Um I'm proud as an American that they did. Um I understand because I didn't watch it that that someone so one of the players did a Colin Kaepernick. Uh yeah. you know, if they want a political have political expression, fine. We know that the president has made a political football out of this because he's yeah. he's drumming up his base. I, I'm so tuned out of the whole political beat bull crap that I, I just I just wanted to avoid it. Yeah, uh, but I'm but I'm glad that they won, and I wish that the you know I'm just saying this, and this is not a, a sexist comment. I just wish the men would be as good as the women are. Yeah, no, that's not a sexist comment. Um, and then the interesting thing is again. The men are going to, if they were ever to win, they would get 1.1 million and the women get 250,000. Like, yeah, that's, crap. that's crap. That. Yeah, because the women are bringing in more revenue than the men. Actually, the, the jersey sales that the, whatever you call their, their sweat, you know, their jerseys, they're 
they're driving through the roof actually and some guys went to the website and tried to buy their jerseys and they couldn't they just don't have the function available probably because okay. nobody's ever done it before for a male to order one a men's size of a of a alex morgan jersey and believe yeah, like you could get a men's u.s women's jersey right but you have to get it personalized they didn't have a made up uh, okay for men's sizes but now they're even getting men interested to the point where they're buying them sure so, yeah so if you look at it that way you know that they're making money hand over fist for you know and they should get well. part of that they yeah, you know good. Yeah, they should. All right, let's get started. Uh, hello, Hockey World. Today is Monday, July 8th, 2019. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Lagello in balmy Buffalo. Yeah, you're, you're hotter than us today. We're like 72 here. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Now, let's start with Buffalo and things Buffalo because – uh, there was a signing over the weekend. Uh, you know, one of the one of the more prominent free agents still left unsigned, uh, Marcus Johansson, who signed a two-year, nine million dollar deal, four point five million AAV with the Sabers. Uh, he had a conference call uh, this morning. I listened in to, on it as I was uh, working out at the gym, um, and I, I have to have to say that's a good drop there, Mike. As I was working out at the gym. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to misrepresent that I was on the conference call. I just, wanted, uh -huh. yeah, I, I did listen to it, and I did wanted to wanted to get uh, the the you know the skinny on on Johansson, and he said he was very impressed with Ralph Kruger. But the one thing that was interesting, and if you look, Jason Botterill, um with the Sabers, I mean, he's been on a quest to upgrade, especially at forward, because their forwards other than Eichel. And Skinner last year, and maybe Sam Reinhart were not very deep. We're not very talented, right? And they have now, uh, they have now added Jimmy VC through a trade, and and they have signed Marcus Johansson. Now, yeah. I think those are two pretty good ads. But Johansson indicated that he's he has played most of the last, I'd say, three or four years on the left side. And the left side right now on the Sabres is pretty strong with Skinner and VC and now Johansson. And he was asked by a number of reporters whether he can play center. And he played center with Washington and he played center in Sweden. And I get the feeling, Russ, that maybe that's what he is intended here is that he's going to play second line center for the Sabres. Yeah, I think, I think to start he will. I mean, look, he'll get you 13, 14 goals, maybe 15. Uh, 35, 45 points in that range. Adding VC gives you another 15 goals. So they've added goals. What puzzles me, and I don't want Adam to take this the wrong way because he's in the chat room and he's thrilled that we're talking Sabres. Why are Sabres fans saying, here's what we're going to do next? What are we going to do next? They're, I think they're done. I don't think they're doing anything yeah, next. I'm, well, I mean, I think a lot of Sabres fans and – you know, free agency, I'm saying. Yes, no, I, I think I think they're pretty much done free agent wise. Yeah. I mean, there could be a Ristolainen in trade, but I think if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened by now, unless there are teams sort of like as a fallback after Gardner gets signed that maybe they go towards Ristolainen and, and maybe they make an offer that the Sabres can't refuse. But what I look at here is, and I could be wrong, but the last year the combo, the successful combo, was Skinner and Eichel. Skinner scored a career high forty goals. Um, Eichel had a really good year, but I get the feeling, and this is just a, this is just an educated guess. 
that they got VC and VC and Eichel are buds. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that they together, I believe. What's that? Who trained together, I believe. Who trained together. I have a weird feeling what they're going to try to do because they were basically a one-line offensive team last year. Yeah. That you might see them put VC and Eichel together, maybe with Sam Reinhardt on the number one line. And then number two, you have we would have Skinner with Johansson. And, you know, who it could be Olofsson. It could be, you know, maybe they move Middlestat to the wing. I think that they're going to try to spread out their offense a little bit. And I was talking to a Sabre fan about this. He's like, oh, my God, you can't break up Skinner and Eichel. That's the only – no, you have to have two lines that score. A team that has one line that – only one line that can score other than Colorado, you know, they're not successful. So you need to diversify your offense. Yeah, no question. And I do think Colorado has diversified too. Yes, you know, actually, I thought Pierre Edward Bellamar was a really good pickup for them. You know, I mean, I think Kadri is a number two center. Kadri is, you know, obviously a no-brainer, but I think yeah. Bellamar there is like and, adds and another Donskoy. dependable guy you could put in a million situations. Yeah, and Donskoy. So Donskoy, yeah. I mean, that's this is now a team like where we're talking about Colorado that has potential to get to the Stanley Cup if they get good goaltending. They have yeah. potential. And I, I, I do like what the Sabres have done. So the, those two additions, they add Colin Miller, which I think it, you know he's locked up for three more years at under $4 million. I think he's a good defenseman. I think they'll utilize his – you know he's more of an offensive defenseman. And that's what, I guess, ran him into trouble with uh, Gerard Gallant in Vegas. So now they have him, and they have Ristolainen, and they have Montour on the right side. So their defense is a little stronger. Um, I – Russ, I think it comes down to their goaltending, and I'm not impressed with Hutton and Olmark. No, I agree. Um, I don't know what it is about Olmark. I mean, he uh, he showed more promise a couple of years ago. He is young. I still want to say he's 22, 23. Yeah, 23, I think. So you got to give another year for him. And who, who was the other player you mentioned? Uh, Hutton. Hutton Carter. Yeah, Hutton. yeah, Hutton's a weird one because – He's got to literally play better than he did last year. If he doesn't, they're not going to make the playoffs again. Like, it's well, just that simple. Well, remember, Hutton was the goalie during the 10-game winning streak. I they, won, they won seven or eight of those games in overtime. It was like everything yeah. was everything went right. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, every team has streaks like that during the season. And they won 10 in a row, and they were at the top of the league in December, at the beginning of December. And that wasn't the real Sabre team. And maybe the team that, that finished 27th overall and had one of the worst records in the second half wasn't the real Sabres team. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I'd like to see what Kruger does with this group. I think they've they've improved their talent a little bit. But I'm still wondering whether there's going to be a Ristolainen deal. And, uh, you know, maybe it happens during the season. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. Yeah, I just don't think there's a rush for it. No, no. I think, I think I, we – we know that Kruger was brought in to basically give everybody a second chance. Okay, now Kruger is here. Ristolainen, let's see what they can get out of him. They've re-signed Zemgus Gergensen's. Um, you know, let's see if we can get him. a little questionable. Like, they must feel they can redeem him in some way or they just love the guy. Like, he's just one of those guys that they just like having around. You know, I, I think there's a bit of redemption in there. I mean, I think they, they see the physical tools. Yeah. And I think, okay, we just, we just have to find somebody who can get through to him. I mean, the only coach that got through to Gergensen's was Ted Nolan. Well, you know, Gergensen's will be the, like, nail Yakupov guy to crack for. Right, 
And he, he did get like 14 goals, Kruger did, out of Nail Yakupov. So if he could get double-digit goals out of, of Gergensen, that would be great because he hasn't had that since 2015. Like right. it's literally unbelievable if you think about the talent that we thought this guy had. He was 14th overall, and I don't ever hold that against anybody, as you know. Right. But in six years, he's only got 49 goals. Right. He hasn't he hasn't really made any kind of mark since no one was the coach here. He's declined. Yeah. He was supposed to be possibly a center and then they moved him to the wing and now his effectiveness has really dissipated over the last few years. So I mean, yeah, it's a reclamation. Like yeah, it's a reclamation project. It really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um you spotted a comment from uh uh Carlo Koliakovo who uh yeah. I'm I'm friendly with who is a, a morning host on TSN 1050 in in Toronto, uh, former Leaf, former St. Louis Blue, and there was a comment regarding the NBA style of free agency as opposed to the NHL. Yeah, he he likes it, and and I don't, and, and I'll tell you what the differences are. Now there are some things the NHL could adopt, like a luxury tax, like if they adopted a luxury tax like the NBA has to go along with the cap. Right. That would be a good thing because then teams who are drafting and developing and then worried about signing their guys because they have too many guys would be able to do it. They just have to pay that price and it goes into revenue sharing, right? That's fine. The part that I don't like about the NBA is these players are choosing exactly where they want to go. Mm -hmm. Teams are powerless to it. Golden State has officially, like after five years, their run is over. doesn't matter who's on the team now because – They've been dismantled overnight. Well, they're going to take a. They're taking a step back. I mean, Toronto was dismantled overnight. There's no way they're going to ever win the championship this year. They have no chance. Well, yeah, and 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 see that's that's what I think. And I don't know if it was in response to what happened with Kawhi Leonard on the weekend, but it makes sense because, I mean, let's just say that. I mean, the the Raptors general manager had to know going into this situation that more more. Yeah. It, was, it was a one and done. So he went in with his eyes open. And, the, and it was the best case scenario. They won a championship. Now, and I'm not trying to be cruel here, but but honestly, without Kawhi, they go back into almost anonymity and mediocrity because yeah. they don't have a star player. Um, you know, the, Kyle Lowry is their best player. Siakam, you know, a couple other younger players. I mean, they're, they're taking a step back, and you know, it's unfortunate because if, if Kawhi would have stayed there. But to your point, Kawhi, to stay there, apparently wanted to arrange a trade to get Paul George from Oklahoma City to to the Raptors, which means basically Kawhi is your co-general manager with Masai. Yeah, and that's what, these kinds of things bother me, and they – even though there's a cap, even the players can figure a way around it. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't like that. And, I'm, and so I do like the cap the NHL has, but I would add the luxury tax. But with Koyakovo, it's just like, you know, I just don't like the way players move around. I don't like the max contracts that have to get handed out to players that don't deserve it. I think that's a bad thing, too, that exists in the NBA that doesn't exist in the NHL. Well, I, I see there, there are, there, I, I, I would agree, I agree with him on some points. I, I've always been in favor of some sort of veteran exemption or Larry Bird exemption in the NHL. So that would allow, say, the Leafs to re have retained Patrick Marlowe with, without, right. without a cap penalty. 
but they had to, you know, they had to trade him. And there's been other instances of other veteran players who just had to go. Corey Perry had to go from Anaheim because they couldn't afford. He wasn't worth the $8.6 million any longer. And they, they had to get rid of the contract for them to, to sort of move on. I'm in favor of that. I'm also in favor of a, a, a more flexibility in terms of a luxury tax or even more retention than 50% uh, because I think that promotes movement. And the one thing, like, I'm sorry, you know, maybe I'm guilty because I work for Hockey Buzz and trade deadline and, and, the, and the draft are the two most important times in terms of trades. I want trades. I want there to be flexibility. You know, the deadline this year, I mean, what are, what are these teams going to have to work with? Everybody, you know, other than three or four teams who are, have $20 million in cap space, everybody's up against it. Everybody's like five, six think about, million. Think about this. Last year, there were 32 players in the NBA with max contracts. Mm -hmm. 32. So you look at those max contracts and you say, okay, Mike Conley, he just got traded. He shouldn't have been making thirty million a year, no matter how good a point guard people think he might have been. And some honestly, I'm I'm so out of touch with the NBA now that I don't even know who that that guy is. Okay, and he's a pretty good pretty good point guard. Yeah, I know who Kevin um, Walker is. I know who I know who Kevin Durant is. I know who Paul George. I don't know Mike Connolly. I don't yeah. just I just don't know him. Enos Cantor for New York should not be making eighteen million dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Detroit should not be making $25 million. Yeah, Enos Cantor better not go back to Turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. And he's a decent player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's not worth that money. So here, like Andre Drummond, perfect example. So I just said he makes $25 million. He gets 17 points and 15 rebounds a game. Okay. That's a good player. That's corn. You know what that is? That's cornbread Maxwell back in the South. Yeah. But it's not worth that kind of money. So that's why you don't want to see that happen. And, and that, by the way, by the way, guys, that was his name. Oh yeah, cornbread was, was his name. cornbread was, or I mean, it wasn't. That was his nickname, but he called himself cornbread. Yeah, yeah. He had a different Vernon. Was it Vernon? Yeah, or Cedric, or Cedric, or Cedric. Yeah. But if you go back to the NHL now, and we look at teams, a couple of years ago, if this were NBA rules, you probably have Ristolainen on a max contract. Right. I mean, as an example, I don't, I don't know how, and see, the thing is, I don't think that the NHL is going to go this direction because no. it's tied to 50% of revenue. It's tied to, you know, ho hockey related revenue. So I think they're not going to stray away from that. And anything in terms of an exemption is going to be, sh is going to be uh, a sign that the big market teams, you know, they're, they're going to use the exemptions, but the small market teams are not. But Honestly, I mean, if the big market team in the in Major League Baseball, if the Yankees want to spend two hundred million, or the Red Sox or the Dodgers want to spend two hundred million, the beneficiaries of that is are the Royals and the Pirates because they get that hockey, they get that that revenue from revenue sharing, and it fills their pockets. So what is the problem? Yeah. So actually, Adam said, "Hey, Zemgis is a Buffalo player, a hard worker. So is a bartender. But you know, at some point, you got to get you got to get a little more out of them." Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, if he doesn't improve on what he's done the last couple of seasons, then you know this was there was one point six million wasted. Yeah. Um, but they're gonna, they're giving him another chance because they see talent there and they and they want, you know, I mean, it, it's a no. I worked the jackhammer down the street. You don't want to give him one point six million, do you? 
No. If, it, card, huh? if it's me, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, uh, you had a note here about uh, Bro Philip Broberg. Yeah, Philip Broberg is going to go and play in Sweden this year and not for the AHL, not for the SHL. It's for, like for Altsavin, you know, that league. Back in the second level league. Second level league. And there's been all this blowback because he didn't want to join Hamilton in the OHL. And it's like, listen. The best thing you could do for a prospect is to put him where he is comfortable, where he feels comfortable, where the team feels comfortable, and you let him develop. If that's his developing starting point, that's what it is. If he didn't like the setup in the OHL, you don't put him there. You don't want to do that to somebody. There's yeah. a real question about the kid because like, he switched positions, right? He was a forward. Now he's a defenseman, and and now you're going to do that to him? No, I think I think the Oilers are doing the right thing here. I mean, ideally, what they probably should try to do is, I mean, whatever team, like for example, a few years ago, Moto was relegated to the second division uh, in the SHL, and I know William Nylander was on Moto when they were in the SHL at the top level. And I think that was a factor in terms of him coming over and playing for the Marlies because they wanted him, you know, it was, it, he wouldn't be challenged by playing in the second division. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing. So, I mean, if they could, if they could get his SHL team that owns his rights to trade him to a team that's in the SHL at the top level, so he can be challenged and he can, you know, it'll go. happen when he's ready. You know what I mean? Like that's when it'll happen. If he comes into the league at, at 22, so be it. I mean, it doesn't matter where. I mean, you know, it's behind this. The, I know. Behind this is that is the anxiousness of the Edmonton Oilers. He's a defenseman. I mean, they were trying to they were trying to say, look, well, Evan Bouchard is definitely going to make the team next year. Well, you don't know if he's going to make the team this year. We think. Do you really, really, really want to rush a nineteen-year-old defenseman because your defense sucks? No, I am. But but again, I think with this with Broberg, this is the right thing for him, and I think that's the most important thing because again. You don't want to get into a situation where a guy's, you know, look at O'Brien with, with Philly. You know, now he's going to the BCHL, but he's actually sent in a hope and a prayer, hoping to get into uh, BU this year, even though he transferred. He's trying to get an exemption. That almost never happens in NCAA hockey. So most likely he's going to be headed out to the BCHL. Like that's, you know, and that's going from college hockey to the BCHL and he'll probably go back to college hockey. And one day the Flyers fans hope to see him. That's just, you know, again, he probably shouldn't have played college hockey last year. That's, that's uh, and, reality. and I mean, you could make the same case. I mean, cause we've heard, we've heard the talk about Wallstrom. Yeah. With the Islanders and how he really didn't benefit from from playing in the NCAA, and now I, I believe he's going to end up playing with uh, with Bridgeport this year. I know he he signed his ELC, so he's he yeah, he'll be in Bridgeport, and he might be in Bridgeport for two years because he has to learn how to play a defensively responsible game before having a prayer to play for a Barry Trotz, and and that's you know. But again, yes, college hockey was not for him. I watched Wallstrom play. Didn't look good. Didn't look like the same player. Obviously, was worried too much about defense. Now, in the AHL, he's still going to have to worry about defense. He is a big guy, so he'll he'll like levying hits. Mm -hmm. But he's got to round out his game. And so, for people that thought he was on the fast track, he's just on the regular prospect track now. He's just playing in the AHL because he 
had a bad time in college hockey and you can't really transfer. So this is the Islanders way of patching this up. They didn't put him in the AHL because he's better than most college hockey players. Cause that's not true yet. Yeah. And if it was, if it was a situation like Jeremy Brocko a few years ago where he wasn't old enough to play in the American hockey league yeah. and he ended up playing in, I think Kitchener and then ended up playing, I think for Windsor when they won the, uh, when they won the Memorial cup, um, you know, that, that, that would have been an option, maybe moving him to the Ontario hockey league. But if Wallstrom is his birthday is before, before, before December 31st, and he turns 20, then he's old enough to play yeah. in the AHL. And that's, and you know, that, that I'll leave it up to Lou Lamorello and the, and the Islanders to determine what's the better course of action with Wallstrom. Now, the interesting thing, Joe Morello says, Hey, you know, he felt like Noah Dobson was the better pick over Evan Bouchard. Yeah. I had him higher ranked too, but Edmonton picked out Evan Bouchard because they loved the skating and he already had a pro body. So my feeling is, is they felt like he was at a quicker ticket to right. get to the NHL then Dobson, because we all looked at Dobson and said, yeah, he's going to take two or three years to put on the muscle. Yeah, he was he was a beanpole at the draft combine. I mean, you could see that I think he was like six or six foot one, but he was really, really thin. I think he's like six three. Okay, maybe yeah, but but he was right, but he was but he was really rail, sort of rail thin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even think now. Let's see what he weighs in at now. I mean, Noah Dobson. <laughs> He, I, mean, I, I think I think he I think he was probably in like the one seventies or something like that. I think it was a little more. I think he was like one eighty something. He's, right now he was at one seventy nine at the time. Okay, let's see what he is now. He is listed one eighty three. Okay, at six four. So yeah, it's gonna take a little while. He's more of a project to build up his body, not as a player. He's right. gonna be a terrific player. So that's the difference. Okay, a um, couple things here. We'll take some questions in the chat at the end. Uh, you had a note here about the Sabres and Penguins playing at the Pagula Arena in Penn yeah. State in a preseason game. It's one of the Sabres' four uh, home preseason games. Yeah, I don't know the date of it. Let's see. Uh, it's early on. It's like September 20th or 21st, something like that. September 16th. 16th, okay. It's the, that's the first one then, yeah. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing, though, because that's something where now he could drive some revenue to that arena, open up those fans and that fan base, maybe to the Sabres, although they're probably still Flyers fans, but you never know. And, and you know, the Penn State dynamic is kind of cult-like and weird when it comes to people walking around the campus. So you never know if they see the Sabres there, they might all of a sudden become fans or they might become Penguins fans. Cause that is close enough. To get, I mean, Pittsburgh there too. So state, state college is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah. I, I've been there. It's like, it's just like, you know, right in the middle of the state have yeah. basically halfway between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia I mean, I don't know. I I think it's more more the fact that the game is being played there because the name of the arena is Pagula Arena, and yeah, they, sure. you know, and they to branch out the Sabers. I think this was smart by Pagula to do it. It's a brand new, well, it's not brand new now. It's a couple of years old arena, and I haven't been to it yet, but I'm excited to see it one day. And so, why not have an NHL game there? I think it's cool, a preseason game. A few a few Canadian slash leaf related items here we'll just touch on and then we'll like i said we'll take some questions uh steve simmons in his column on the weekend reported that and i'd heard this uh 
uh, from another reporter previous to this that Nazem Kadri before the trade to Colorado had uh, blocked a trade to go to the Calgary Flames. Right. Um, the trade would have been, and I, it's funny because according to Steve Simmons, right? Well, there was also there was also confirmation of this from another reporter in terms of what the deal was, um, but I, I sort of guessed at what it would be, and I and I pretty, I pretty much hit it on target because if you look at the formula of what the Leafs got from Colorado, they were looking for a center to replace Kadri and a defenseman, and the deal supposedly with Calgary was Connor was Connor Brown and Kadri for Mark Jankowski and TJ Brody. And TJ Brody, I believe, is only under, under contract for another year, like Tyson Berry is. Yeah. I, mean, I think the I actually think the Colorado deal is better. I, I, I like Kerfoot more than Jankowski. They're different type of players, but I like different. I, I think I think that one could be a wash in the long term because they are different kind of players. Uh, but it's funny. It shows how much TJ Brody's fallen. I, I would take Barry over him right now. And I think TJ Brody is a left shot who plays the right side. Yeah. So I mean, some guys do that fine. Right, but but we know Babcock and how how he is in terms of left right. I mean that yeah. you know. So um, other other interesting little news, and it's it's sort of picked up a little steam over the last couple of days um, with all the sports net uh, cutting of. Uh, significant, uh, you know, veteran uh, people like Bob McCowan, uh, who's a longtime host of primetime sports in Canada, and Doug McLean from the Sportsnet broadcast, there was some speculation, and uh, uh, Steve Simmons reported about it, that uh, Don Cherry might not be back. That uh, now Cherry said he had uh, – Via, via Twitter, he came out, and I, I know he doesn't tweet, but his one of his assistants does, and said he's right. been assured that uh, he's coming back for another season. But I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine that there are many, many uh, personalities in, at Sportsnet that are paid more than Don Cherry. So if they're looking to cut cut salary, that that might, and he, you know, that he is eighty five years old, and he is a he is a divisive. Uh, per, I personally still enjoy his first period intermission stuff, but I know there are some people who don't like the sort of uh, you know the innuendo that he that he talks about European players and some yeah. things. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you think? I'm not sure if we've seen the last of Don Cherry, but you know, it may not be much longer. He is 85 years old. I think this might be the last of him. I think. I mean, they cut McCowan, right? I mean, he was. Younger, but a very popular guy. Why wouldn't they cut Don Cherry at this point? Yeah, and and I know that this has sort of been hinted at jo and joked about, or hinted and and just made reference to. But I think that they found their replacement for Don Cherry. I think Brian Burke is going to be the replacement for Cherry. Yeah, I, I I again wouldn't be shocked if they don't bring back Don Cherry. Yeah, they don't want to pay the price because they can get Burke for half the price. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is, Brian, oh, uh, I'm not trying to negotiate his contract for him. No, no, and, and and you know, it's like I I I want him to stay as long as he want as long as he wants to. But I mean, that the reality is is that Sportsnet is taking a bath in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, the the NHL contract. And it's funny, you know, everybody's expecting the, the NHL to get a a. a, a a boatload from the U.S. networks when the contract comes up in a couple of years, 
Well, I don't know whether they're going to get a boatload from the Canadian networks after Sportsnet. I think it was uh, Sportsnet was like five point two billion or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if you know if there's going to be an appetite to re up for that kind of amount, and you know that you know the corresponding add to hockey related revenue from the U.S. contract, you might see a decrease because of the Canadian contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. Um, one just of, try and save money, though. End of the day, it just seems like they're slashing. It doesn't matter who it is. Right. Another thing, um, gee, um, what happened to that Mitch Marner offer sheet? It's coming, Mike. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Like the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I just, and I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on the. I've seen a lot of gifts and memes, that, that must mean it's going to happen. I'm not casting aspersions on the reporters that reported that they, they were told something and they reported it. That's their job. I just, I just believe that this is coming from one side of this negotiation. That happens to be the martyr camp, because they have. I, I think that last week, when that rumor came out, it was in the in the midst of the uh, Kauai situation in Toronto. They wanted to keep Marner's name out there. And honestly, I think as the days and days go by over the summer, that the, the chance, the, the, the chance of Marner garnering an offer sheet from a team is less and less. I reported about this yesterday. Elliot Friedman said on Friday that he had been told that a, an NHL team uh, was going to, was willing to offer an offer sheet to Marner, uh, but they wanted what he called big term, and I'm assuming that means six or seven years. Yeah, you know, that, and that only makes sense because if you're going to risk four first round picks, you want him for as long a term as possible. Yeah, and, and the Marner camp said no, that they're looking for shorter term, which tells me they are not serious about an offer sheet unless they it's sort of like Aho and Carolina that was perfect for Aho he was getting low balled Carolina wanted him to, on an eight-year deal yeah. he didn't want an eight-year deal he wanted the shorter term so he got a team like Montreal to uh basically give him everything he wanted on a five-year deal and now he gets to turn UFA at 26. Marner ideally wants probably a three or four year deal where he's one year away from UFA or walks to UFA and then hits the, hits the big market, hits the big money again at 26. Well, I don't think the Leafs would have a problem with signing him for two or three years on a, on a, on a bridge deal. There's, he's just not going to get $10 million for a bridge deal. And that's probably where the battle is going to be fought over the next couple months. Yeah. All right. So are we going to go to questions? Yeah, go to questions. All right. So, Thomas is asking me, will all the games be played at Nassau Coliseum next year? Has he heard anything? I've not heard anything. I thought it was um, half and half. I thought it was half and half again. I, I think I think that's what it's going to be, but I don't know if that's been fully determined yet. Yeah. But I think that's what it's going to be. But, you know, Arthur Staple did report that the LIRR Belmont Station press presser was postponed. And that was um, – so, again, they don't even have that worked out yet. I know they – gotten everything approved that that was all that was set to to be approved but like so many people tell me and who live on the island until there's shovels in the ground and deals have been signed who knows and so, so now so, sorry and so now the the statement for the arena is supposed to be next week okay 
So if you're if you're a fan of the Honda Ridgeline pickup truck, you will see it again next year, folks. Yeah. So now it, it was supposed to happen today, and now I see this guy Ken Torres is putting up the report that says next week for the project. So everything keeps getting pushed back. Like I said, I expect Nassau Coliseum to still be the home of the Islanders, at least maybe for the first couple of months of that 2021-22 season until the new place is ready because I don't think it'll happen on time. I just and if you if you don't think that that has a, has an effect on the Islanders and their willingness to sign – has an effect on everything. Right. Well, their willingness to sign somebody to an offer sheet, you're lying to yourself because right now – they, I think they have about six, like six, the mid sixes in in uh, salary cap space. Now, you know, they can put Andrew Ladd on LTIR. They could, they could, but are they going to put themselves in cap jail, give up four first round picks, and then have to deal with the fact that Matthew Barzell is a restricted free agent next summer? Yeah, because I'm telling you right now, if they offer sheeted somebody like Rantanen or Point or Marner. And the other team didn't match, and that guy's on on the books for twelve, thirteen million dollars. Barzil's getting offer sheeted next summer, no doubt in my mind. I mean, he might. Um, Joe's unless, unless, he, unless he wants to stay on Long Island, unless he doesn't want to hit, you know, because they won't be able to they won't be able to afford him. Yeah, Joe's Joe's telling me that there's 21 games at the Coliseum confirmed. He said that Staple corrected himself. Well, there's a lot of confusion about. Not about the approval, because we know the approval happened, but about when there's going to be a press conference, Joe, because last week on Twitter, it was supposed to happen this week, and now it's next week. So this is just normal stuff. So you could talk about whatever you want and and say that, you know, people are correcting themselves because it's all fluid. Nothing is ever carved in stone in this situation. But the one thing I will tell Thomas, because again, I think he's wrong about something. He he said that he didn't think that the uh, Metro would be very good this year, and so it'll be easier for maybe a team out of the Atlantic to make the playoffs. I kind of have to disagree. I see the Rangers have gotten better. Mm-hmm. I see the Flyers have gotten better. I see I think, the, Devils, the Devils have gotten better. I think Columbus and the Islanders have gotten worse or at least yeah. stayed about the same. They've stayed about the same, but if, if there's anything, if there's – but again – if Columbus shows anything and the Islanders show anything, I would have to disagree with Thomas because I think it's going to be pretty competitive. Now, we'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out. I mean, I could be wrong about that. Um, hang on. I, I opened like 12 windows accidentally. You know how like when you move the uh, – Yes. Uh, and that's what I did. All right. So let's see. Uh, more questions. Joe asked if I thought the Rangers were a playoff team. I can't tell you yet, Joe. It's too early. All right. Um, I think they're. I'll, I'll. I'll go on a limb. I think they'll be in it. I think they'll. They'll be like Montreal this year, with within of either make it or within a few points. I think. Yeah, they definitely will be in that mode for sure. Yeah. I, I can't go much further than that right now. Matt asks, um, "What are my thoughts on Rupstov? You know, I heard he was a man amongst boys at Dev Camp. Could he be a dark horse to make the Flyers out of camp?" Yes, all that's true, but he's played like 17 pro games. Right. He injury problems. Injury problems. Yeah, he has to play like 30, 40 games at the AHL level with no injuries and have a big year for him to get called up. If they do anything other than that, it's just silly. So I, I would not do that anyhow. Uh, let's see. 
if you asked the question earlier, why don't you just repost it so Russ doesn't have to go way, way back in the in – the, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easier that way. It is easier that way. Still looking. Yeah, just, just you know, while you're looking up questions here, there has been no, no hint of any progress on any of the fronts when it comes to the RFAs. Ranton, Point, Kachuk, McAvoy – Provorov, Warinsky, Mark. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in a we're in a freeze in, yeah. in July. No, no, we're we're definitely in a freeze in July. There's no question. And somebody had asked before, is there anything on you know the Zingle or Furland? There's nothing. Gardner, nothing. Yeah, I'm a little well. I think those will happen fairly soon because the Zingle had a career year. Um, and maybe he's I – mean, the, the indication is, and I keep hearing, well, Gardner is willing to take a discount and a short-term deal to come back to Toronto. It's not happening. The only way that's happening is if Marner signs, and then we know how much they have to work. They will not sign Gardner. That's why he's hanging out there. Maybe he has hopes of that. Right. They will not and, – and, and that's the other thing. They have money, and this will be referenced – many times between now and the end of next year. They have three unrestricted free agent defensemen in Muzzin, in Barry, in CeCe, one restricted free agent in, in Dermott. If they signed Gardner to a one-year deal, then he would just be added to that group. There's no stability in terms of long-term. Now, whether – I mean, there's a willingness on the Leafs to bring Gardner back because they like him, because he's mm -hmm. popular in the room. That's fine. I just can't see him taking – a one-year, $3 million contract, when I'm sure there are deals out there. For well, but I, I will say this. Did we see Wayne Simmons taking a one-year, $5 million deal? No. Well, yeah, but but it, he he maxed out on the money. I know, but we didn't see that coming. We didn't. No, we, did, we didn't see – but we didn't see that coming. But I think – I. Russ, I said from the outset, from after the, de from after the season, that Simmons was – ripe for a one-year deal because after last year he had to prove that he hadn't lost it but i still didn't think he was going to make five million i'm not shocked that no no, no that, that's that five million was surprising no that that is that is completely a symptom of the fact that that uh, new jersey had almost 30 million dollars in cap space and had to get to the cap floor Right. So that was a benefit there, and you know he gets to play with the you know either Taylor Hall or yeah. or or or, um, or Hughes. No, I'm just kidding. Bill C asked if I did a review of the draft, and there's a team that I thought did really well in the draft class. I didn't do a, a review a review of the draft. I don't. I'm not one of these guys that goes with you know draft winners and losers. I wait three, four, five years. What the hell was that? I don't know. My phone. Oh, okay. I, I wait for the time for that, but I will tell you – give me one sec because I'm pulling it up because I, I don't have everybody's draft memorized, but there was definitely a few that I liked. So if my computer will – you, you liked Detroit. You liked Cedar. Yeah. I, I Detroit was definitely one of them because of Cedar and Cider and because of um, – You Matt say Cider, I say Cider. Yeah. And, and Master Sinomi. Now, I can't tell you it was great all the way through, but I could tell you that those two picks I know very well and are really good. And 
but they made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks. Like, and they they took guys from Sweden juniors and from prep schools that I don't know. AJHL, Russia, like they really went all over the place. But I like those first two picks that they made for sure. Uh, and, that, and that's why, and that's why it's more logical and realistic to look back four or five years and then review the draft because it's, it's really, it's impossible. I mean, even, you know, even people who know what they're talking about, you know, you don't know how these players are going to develop over the next right. three years. I'll give you two others that I like though. I, I liked Colorado's mm -hmm. with Owen Byram, Alex Newhook and Drew Hellison yeah. as their first three picks. I thought that was really good. Uh, again, they shouldn't have been picking there, but they did. Right, and the fact that they have a good team now, just <laughs> and them that much stronger as, as an organization. And they said they by that trade they've set themselves up. They you know now they have Byram, Makar, Gerard, Zadorov is still relatively young. You know their defense, which was a big weakness a few years ago, is now a strength. So much so that they could trade Tyson Berry with a year left in his contract, and and replace what they had in Matt Duchesne uh, as a second line center with Kadri. So Sackick really has, you know, made uh, some really deft moves, and they're 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 in a really good place going forward. You know, everybody talks about the Flyers draft, but I think one that went under the radar was the Rangers draft. Now, Kako obviously is a no-brainer. Uh, Matthew Robertson on defense for Edmonton had an injury-plagued year, but has a lot more potential than what he showed last year. He knows it. We all know it. So that's a big thing. Zach Jones is a really good defenseman, and that's a guy who, again, I think they got him in the third round, and, and he could be a second-pairing defenseman possibly. That's the best case scenario for him. So also Carl Hendrickson looked really good internationally. Like that's a guy who right now is pretty young too. He's a center. They got a center in the third round. He's not a first or a second line center, I don't believe. But you need third line centers in this league too. And they're going to need a third line center. And he is a playmaker. And so just imagine if that pick does work out and he's a third line center. Now he's 5'9", 175. I get it. But you know what? I think it's a good roll of the dice. Last year in the under 18s, he had nine points in seven games. So I think I like, you know, I like what they did too. Okay. Any more questions? Uh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> David Till, can I do a review of the 2015 draft then? Well, here's what I'll do. Just to make David happy. Uh, Connor McDavid A+. <laughs> Jack Eichel, A. Uh, hold on. I know. I wish my computer was a little faster today. Hold on. Keep occupied for a minute, Mike. I'm, 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 I got it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So what I'll do is this. I will look at the first round and say I still – even though he went third overall, I still have faith in Dylan Strom as an NHLer. By the way, yeah, and after last year with Chicago, he so, this is the thing he is yelling bust. He is not nothing close to that. Yeah, I'd I'd give him a B minus right now. But the thing is, he's found his niche. 
He's yep. a number two center behind Taves. Yep. And, that, and the, I mean, after what he did in Arizona or didn't do in Arizona, that is acceptable. And number two centers are very valuable. So I think Mar I think Marner's an A plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I still think Provorov's an A. I think the biggest upside now of any pick in that top 10 was Timo Meyer. I think that was a really adept pick. Yeah. I remember I liked it at the time. He scored 30 goals this year. So that's, you know, for San Jose, that's, that's an A plus. I, 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 think, I think New Jersey has a right to be sort of disappointed with Zaka at, at this point, but there's still, there's still something there. there. So I won't totally kill him yet. Look with the Boston picks. We love DeBrusque. I like them then. I like them now. I don't think Sinitian's going to be that good of an NHLer, but he might make it. I don't know if Zaboral ever makes it. But I, I think the worst pick of the top half of the first round was Gurianov from Dallas. I don't think that yet. I want to see a little more of him because he does have great speed. Well, I'm saying as of as of right now. As, as of, of right now, yes. But I, I'm not going to say that yet. And even Kraus, I think, could show us a little more. So maybe maybe Zaboral if Zaboral doesn't pan out, but yeah. defensemen, to, defensemen take longer to to mature. Uh, and much hope. The yeah. the best pick of the top twenty five was Brock Besser by far, though. Like if you want to say best, most upside, they got him twenty third. He has fifty nine goals in the last fifty five goals in the last two years. Like if you want to talk about good drafting, man, that's good drafting. Nobody in 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 Vancouver could ever, ever complain. And I still think there's tremendous upside in Colin White. He just has got injury after injury. Well, he'll get, he'll get his opportunity this year because he's going to have plenty of playing time if he doesn't get hurt. Also, and I know I had him ranked higher last one, you know, Shabbat at 18 is just tremendous. Like that, that pick will go down as an all-time pick. He had 55 points last year, which is exactly – what I thought he could be, 14 goals, and he might be able to be a 65-point guy now. He's gotten that good. And his team gets better. He's and, the, and the only player who hasn't played in the NHL so far from that draft is not a failure because he's a goaltender and sent right. off probably right. will be the capital starter in two years. Yeah. Just just think about this from, from the standpoint of Shabbat. Last year he was third on his team in scoring. When Stone and Duchesne got traded, he was the top scorer. <laughs> yeah, and just one other point here. Uh, 35th overall, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, that, that's just a tremendous pick. That could be the best pick of the draft. Yeah. So, you know, Barzell was a great pick too, Joe. I get it. But we all knew what Matt Barzell was. It's not like that's a big surprise. Well, 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 game. well Boston didn't know because they passed him three right. times. Boston didn't know. But – we all knew what Matt Barzell was. It wasn't like he's came come out of nowhere. I think Aho, we kind of knew on him too, but he wasn't a uh, a surprise. Anyhow, all right. So let's see. Uh, one more question. Yeah, one more question. Of course, people are going to trash Griffin Reinhardt. That's fine. He didn't make it. What are you going to do? Uh, okay. Well, not 2015. So BSW asks, what would it take to get that Russian out of Vegas? So for Gusev. That Russian. I know. Is Vladimir Putin in Smuggled. Vegas? Sounds like you're smuggling him across the border. Uh, well, think, don't go there. I think it would take a top goalie prospect. That's what they're allegedly looking for. And so, like, the Islanders, you don't have one unless you're trading Sorokin, which you won't do because you don't have a number one after that. So, Gary Sparks for Gusev, deal. Yeah. yeah. 
There's certain teams that won't do it. Chess York and the Rangers aren't going to do it because they're hoping he replaced Lundqvist. So I'm saying you have to be a team that has a Gibson at the NHL level and somebody great at the AHL level that they're interested in because they know Mark Andre Fleury's time is is coming close. Right, and and you know you could say maybe Washington, but Holpe's a UFA after next year. Yeah, not trading Sam Stonoff for anything. Right, and you know even the Flyers right now. You can't trade one of those other guys to your 100% on Carter Hart. Right now, you're probably 90% as an organization, but you got to see more. It's just like anybody else. So, you know, you really start breaking it down, and it gets a little harder to come up with a team that could that could trade them. Trade now, them. now, you know, maybe, it's, maybe a team like Columbus who has a need for offense and a lot of cap space and a couple young goaltending prospects – you know, maybe they could do that deal. And then you could have Elvis returning to Vegas. <laughs> Let me ask you this. This would be kind of crazy, but Florida took Spencer Knight maybe before they knew they could have Bob for sure. They definitely knew Luongo was hanging up, which, by the way, Luongo had a great post today. He said all of a sudden he went from being a fine-tooth athlete to being a guy wearing shorts with elastic, and I just told him congratulations because now he's like the rest of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you think about it, if you trade Spencer Knight, you'll get Gusev. Now, you might hate that trade in six years, five years, but if you have Bob for five years and you get into the Stanley Cup because of Gusev this year or next year. Well, how good did, how good do people think Gusev is? Really good, Mike. He's really good. He's fast. He's great in the open ice. He's got a terrific shot. It's just a matter of will it all click and will he have someone to click with? If he plays with Barkov, you would have magic. And so, as an example, that might be something they should consider. Yeah, that's tough, though, because, I mean, we, you know, Knight was clearly the best goaltender in this draft class. And I get it, but, but okay, what is more important for Florida? Sure. Five years from now or getting to a Stanley Cup in the next two years? The future is now with them with Bobrovsky and Quenville as the yeah. coach. And I actually think they need to improve their defense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Strawman added to that group is is enough of an upgrade. It's Strawman, Strawman, Yandel, Matheson, and Ekblad. So Andrew Strauss, if you have never watched this show, we have so much love for Miko Rantanen. There is no point in mentioning him. If if people ever watched, I said his his rookie his his first year in the AHL when he had twenty goals, I said it was the most quiet twenty goals anybody's ever scored in the AHL. Here here's. Um, Here's a clue on how much Russ appreciates Miko Rantanen. In a hockey pool league that we were both in, he traded Austin Matthews to me in a deal that involved Rantanen. So he thought go. Rantanen was that good. Yeah, and he is that good. Yep. So that's it. That's okay. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Eklund will be contacting us from Yellowstone Park, so maybe Yogi Bear and Boo Boo will be in the background. I um, hope you so, uh, for us going on, Michael Agello, thank He's you. He's actually smarter than an average bear, though. I don't know. <laughs> Michael Agello, thank you. Oh, a vote of no confidence. No, I just want to shoot no, right here. No, that was a vote of no confidence for your boss. I got it right here. You, oh, that's bad, Mike. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.